get sneaky. Laurie Rose, the two-time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. Leading up to the Indy 500, we are bringing you another episode joined by Jack Harvey. Jack, congrats on safely making the field. Uh, breathing a little bit easier today than than Saturday after that first run? Well, big time, mate. I, I can't explain the stress for everybody on qualifying day. Um, you know, just in general, you know, so when you have a a tire issue like we did, uh, you know, certainly puts uh, all those senses into hyperdrive. So um, definitely feeling a lot more mellow now, for sure. So I, in all the years I've watched racing and been at racetracks, have never seen a tire do that. Do you have uh, any idea what happened? No, mate, I don't. Um, you know, I, I've, I've never had an issue with a Firestone tire before. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think Firestone are one of the best tire manufacturers in the world. Um, you know, I, I don't know how it happened. Uh, I'm not sure they have seen anything like that before. Um, you know, but you have to, everyone has to remember that, you know, each each driver gets, you know, 30 plus sets of tires, you know, per, per car for the Indy 500. And that's the first time I've seen that. So, I mean, they probably at this point made, you know, tens and, you know, hundreds of thousands of tires without having, without having an issue. And, um, yeah, it was wild. Yeah. You are the 0.0001% of tire strangeness and it's happened to you two weekends in a row at Indy. You, you have to feel like there's like some bad luck following you around that, that needs to change. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of, <laughs> I mean, it's a funny one, right? Because, you know, in the first five races this year, you know, I felt like we've been in position to score three podiums, battle for four. Um, you know, Texas race one, we had a pretty decent, uh, I think we were running P3 at the time, you know, just on strategy, maybe missed something a little bit, finished seventh. Um, you know, after that, heading to uh, Indy, oh, sorry, then race uh, two there, was a very solid P4, maybe just behind Joseph. Yeah. Who ended up finishing second, you know, just ahead of uh, Pato at the time and ended up winning. Doesn't mean anything apart from that's where we were on track at the time. We had a, an upright uh, bearing failure. Um, but the, the thing is, when you actually look back at it, that was a, an assembly issue on our part. You know, so that's not a bad look. That's bad prep. And then going to Indy, you know, we had a tire gun fail, which, you know, is really disappointing. Um, you know, and again, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly where I put that uh, in the grand scheme of things, but then in the, in the melee of trying to uh, get the tire back on, you know, the stem got hit, which is where the puncher came from. So I would say in the last three, in the last three weekends anyway, or three times on track that have really been important, we've had, one thing that's completely out of our control, one that could be 50-50, and then one thing that was in our control. So it's uh, it's been a time, mate. I have to admit, it's been a bit of a weird time for everyone at Myers Chang Racing. The positive things are we're performing really well. Uh, you know, we're in position to get some great results. We just have to now 
position ourselves to execute. So we uh, so we do get them, hopefully starting at the Indy 500. Yeah, I agree there. I know it's it's a it's an odd set of circumstances, but to kind of two qualifying questions, and then I have a, an off-topic question after that. But this is your first 500 where you've had. I don't want to say a, a real teammate because you've always had the Andretti resources, but a, a teammate with a Meyer Shank logo on the on the front of his fire suit and, and one that you can really talk to. And it's it's Elio Castro Neves. And how how has that experience been on a, on a personal level and obviously on a on a driver level over the last uh, you know eight days or so now? Yeah, it's probably the number one question I've been getting asked. Uh, you know, this five hundred, it's been awesome. You know, Elio has been everything that you hope someone of his caliber, you know, of his racing achievements would be, um, you know, incredibly gracious with information and time, you know, that he's prepared to share with me and with everyone at Maya Shank Racing, the way that he's just totally immersed himself with us as a, as a team. Um, he's been fantastic. You know, I can't, I don't want to oversimplify it. I, I don't want to you know, understate or anything like that. I mean, he's been, he's been such a dream. Um, you know, I really, really enjoy getting to know him, you know, getting to see him work, his understanding and knowledge of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is um, so strong and intense that uh, I just want to be a sponge around him. I want to learn as much as possible. And, um, you know, I, it would be so cool to see the 06, go full-time with Elio as the driver. I think that's what, uh, you know, I, I would like to see for sure. And, uh, you know, I feel like he contributes so many wonderful things to the team. Do you think, even in the, the weekends now, that maybe he's he's not on the team and, and going forward, or I shouldn't say not on the team, not racing with the team, that he's able he's been able to impart some wisdom on you or the team that will help the team grow no matter what, no matter if he's on the team or, or if he's, you know, totally. retired and, and dancing around, you know, the retirement home at the age yeah. of 60 that he'll be able to, to help out. I mean, people like him, you know, he's got, he's got so much experience and he's so charismatic and he's good at talking with people. You know, he always has something good to, uh, to offer. And, um, you know, at St. Pete, we chatted before qualifying and, you know, he had some good, uh, you know, good advice. He did, a, you know, again, before in the road course. And, you know, when I say he's been gracious with his time, it's the fact that he comes to the track to support uh, me and, you know, everybody at my shank racing, even on the weekends where he's not racing. You yeah. know, and I think that's the, you know, sign of a, a real great teammate. That's why, you know, yesterday I wanted to be there for his qualifying run and, you know, try and repay that and, you know, celebrate with him, uh, you know, and I hope, you know, come race day that, you know, both of us have fantastic races and just finish as far up as possible, hopefully with, uh, you know, a face on the Borg Warner. With, uh, you know, this is your, oh, I, I lost, I, I don't have my sheet up in front of me. Your, your third or fourth 500 attempt now. Obviously, last year there wasn't the threat of bumping, but, you know, for the last couple of years, there there has been for the most part with the mindset of, you know, kind of doing multiple qualifying runs throughout Saturday, is it, is it a little bit, I don't know if easier is the right word, but less stressful, uh, you know, assuming all four of your tires are working correctly now that this format has been around for a couple of years? 
no. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like there's anything that reduces stress when there's a bump day. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, I've seen some really big names go out of bump day and you go back and check the history of it. And, you know, history has been that way as well. There's nothing that is uh, not stressful about it. And I would say the peak stress of the year for me is the Indy 500 qualifying. You know, not just in terms of driving the car, but, you know, all the implications that would come if you didn't make the race. And the first port of call for us was to, uh, you know, simply make the race. And after our first issue on our qualifying run with that tyre, that, that quickly became the next goal. Um, it's it's the most stress of the year for sure. And I have to I have to ask about the the tire like your first run again because we could tell by lap one that something was off. How did you manage to not put the car in the wall with three and a half tires? How how difficult was that run? Probably just hand to God. <laughs> Was it was it just let's just hold on for four laps so we can put a time on the board and then worry about it afterwards? I mean, it's a tough one because you know I think at the end of the day, um, you know, if, if something worse had happened and we'd have crashed the car, then immediately we'd have been answering questions: why didn't we pit? You know, and to me, I said to the team after the next time we're in that situation, I will pit. Uh, you know, I radioed and said, hey, we've got vibrations. I didn't hear anything back. You know, and at that point it's not a fun situation to be in because it's only 500 qualifying, right? You know, and you don't know what's going to happen. So at some point, just putting a time on the board obviously was important. Um, I think we, I think that was as most, the most amount of risk that you can take <laughs> without something really bad happening. So, you know, that's something me and the team have, have addressed already. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't like that we didn't pit on that situation. But again, you know, since 500 qualifying, I said to the guys, like, I wasn't going to be the one to pit myself because, you know, we all work a long time and hard to be here. But, you know, in that moment, that is where you take the lead of the team, you know, to see it, to, you know, obviously be able to check the vibrations on the live telemetry. And, uh, you know, they were off the chart. So um, I think definitely something to learn, to learn from that. And, uh, you know, very grateful that the tyre stayed together for those four laps uh, you know we didn't have to plug the car off the wall uh, or anything but um, yeah I mean at the end of the day the team did a very good job in staying calm getting a fresh set of tyres back out and going and doing a, rough that, uh, doing a run that securely put us in the 105th running of the Indy 500. Yeah well done well done by, by everybody on the team all right we're gonna end this with two much lighter questions here one of them is Fan submitted. I'm pretty sure you could probably guess who submitted this question. Since you're a fellow Star Wars fan, if you could create your own lightsaber, whose would you style it after and what color would it be? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I always thought Raven's lightsaber was pretty cool. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. 
Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Uh, Darth Bane had a cool one. I just don't think I've seen. So I was going to have a lightsaber. I always thought it'd be cool to have a white one. I like it. You know, which I think they've now in canon. Basically, it's a you know a, a crystal that has been made to bleed, but then has been like repaired. I guess. Okay. So I would need to find. I would need to find one that's had a bit of pain, so I could give it some love and bring it back. So uh, yeah, I think a, a white. I think a white lightsaber would be pretty mega. Pretty mega. As as promised, since we talked at some point last year, I have gone back and I have actually watched the first two Star Wars movies finally. So I I'm, am... I'm, I'm 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 very happy to hear that. I'm I'm we need to pick up the tempo a bit. If you're only if you're only averaging two a year, mate, you're going to be here for a while. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not going to lie. It's you know I'm my it it is. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I got. I'm trying to think of like a quick excuse on the fly, and I really have. I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you did it. I will, I'm. I'm <laughs> interested to hear on what your. What was your feedback? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Did you just feel like you had to do it? No, I. I liked it. I. I listen. It's probably not going to be like my favorite movies of all time because I'm a big horror movie guy, but they were enjoyable <laughs> to watch. So, did you watch? Which which two did you watch? Let's see if you can even if you can you actually tell him the truth here. Uh, the original like no, I I started with like I guess what would be number four if you're going by like the official fan. Okay. List. So I did four and five, and both were very good movies. You didn't even do six. No, I think you I even finished that trilogy. 
I think I got partway through it. Like, uh, when was the last time I traveled? A couple of weeks ago, I was watching it in my Airbnb and and just, uh, you know, after I was at Mid-Ohio for IMSA. So I, I, I was a little worn out after a day at the track. So I'm getting... I'm, I don't, I don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you started. <laughs> we need to pick up the tempo a little because once we've finished on Star Wars, we're going to go to Harry Potter and there's, there's another eight movies there, mate. So, you know, we got to pick up the tempo on your TV watching a bit. Oh, I'm good on I'm good on those. I've seen I, I couldn't tell you what happened, but I've seen a good chunk of the Harry Potter movies uh, because they're always on TV. I'm I'm not sure if you can say you're good on those if you can't say what happened. Okay, fair point. I f- I feel like this now this this interview has t- has turned its course. So I feel like it's me now interviewing you. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 so it, what was your feeling on the qualifying weekend? Uh, I loved it. I I it was a blast. I wish I could have covered it from the track, but you know, hopefully, COVID continues to get better, and I can do it next year. But I yeah, we all we all hope for that. I it's I I I can't I have trouble like being at a racetrack and just like hanging out and relaxing. Like I have to do work, so. Even just watching it here, like I, I felt like I needed to do more than I was doing. So I've got one more question. I know you've got another interview coming up, so we will we will end it. This is actually a question from uh, Colton Herta. So we're, we're going to continue the question from a driver train here and go with what is your favorite biscuit to have with your cup of tea? In all, that's like the easiest thing I'm ever going to answer. It's a chocolate digestive biscuit. I feel like Colton should know that. Well, shame on Colton. I'm. I. I will have He's to. He's been to the UK. He knows the score. Chocolate <laughs> digestive. You know, one dunk, maybe second hold, out, straight in your mouth. You know, can't can't keep teaching him all these things. You know, he needs to just at some point remember it. Well, I will. I will have to send him a message later on tonight because I, I, I kind of figured that because I saw a picture of Colton on the podium over the weekend with Lando Norris from back in the Formula Four days or or whatever it was, Formula something days in in England. So we will have to give him a hard time about that. But Jack, it's it's been a pleasure chatting, man. I I look forward to chatting again soon, and, and best of luck this weekend, man. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you at the track at some point this year. Yes, sir. Thanks, buddy. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.